This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope you're well and I hope you've enjoyed the recent episodes that I've put out. There was the most recent one where I spoke with Lloyd Owers uh, and we spoke about the Marshall Islands. Quite an interesting one, that one. Slightly offbeat as to what obviously the Three Lions podcast is normally about, but sometimes I think actually... That's really interesting. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more. And I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, And of course, there was much love for Mark Griffiths and the episode where we spoke on the ball travel. Both of those, if you've not heard them yet, they are available at your podcast provider of choice or threelionspodcast.com, as are all the other episodes. All, well, this is 240 eight i think uh, all the previous ones they are available for your ears to tune into firstly just some news on the upcoming italy away game for the senior men now the italian fa have advised our allocation will be 2482 for the game to be played in naples on the 23rd of march although Worth reading the small print from ESTC, England Sporters Travel Club. This is yet to be finalised. According to the Italian FA as well, the capacity of the ground has been reduced for this game to 48,467. If you're intending to go, you need to apply for a ticket by Thursday the 16th of February. Uh, ESTC have also indicated that information regarding ticket collection times, dates, locations may be at short notice. And they're also indicating for fans to take the organised coaches that are supposed to be being laid on by the local authorities and to not make your own way to the stadium. Uh, You might want to keep tabs on your ESTC communication to stay up to date with it all. And as I always try to do, I'm hoping to bring a preview of the game nearer the time. Now, for the first time this year, we have some games to look forward to as the Arnold Clark Cup returns. It is a four-team round-robin tournament that made its debut last year and proved to be the springboard for the Lionesses in what was a record-breaking year. Last time around, it featured Spain, Canada and Germany at three different grounds. It wasn't big on goals, only 10 scored in the six games. But England topped the group and Leo Williamson raised the trophy at Molyneux after beating Germany 3-1. This year, the competition returns on the 16th of February and runs until the 22nd. It features three new sides. Italy, Belgium and South Korea. Although none of those are new opponents to the Lionesses. And I'll get to our record against them all in a moment. 
But each match day features two games at the same venue. So match day one is Thursday the 16th of February. First up, Italy against Belgium. Then the Lionesses against South Korea. Both of those are being played at Stadium MK. Is of course Milton Keynes. Then Sunday the 19th, England take on Italy at quarter past three, followed by South Korea against Belgium. That's taking place at Coventry's Building Society Arena or the CBS Arena. Still can't get my head around that name. It'll always be the Rico, won't it? Uh, Then finally, Wednesday the 22nd of February at Bristol City's Ashton Gate, South Korea play Italy, followed by England against Belgium. Uh, If you're not going, then all the games, they are being shown on ITV, although I'm not quite sure yet if it's ITV1 or ITV4. You're going to have to check your listings nearer the time. Uh, But if you are looking to go, and I think tickets are still available for some of the games, head to arnoldclarkcup.com. Now, the last time the Lionesses played was in November of last year when they went to Spain to play two friendlies against Norway and Japan. where They came away with a draw and a win. Those games, well, they were probably overshadowed by the World Cup that began a few days later. And as it's been well documented, Serena Weigman is yet to be beaten whilst in charge of the Lionesses. She's been in charge for 25 games and she's never faced South Korea or Italy whilst being England manager, but did face Belgium last year in a friendly in the run-up to the Euros, which resulted in a 3-0 win. That also uh, was at Wolverhampton at Molyneux. This will be the third time we've played South Korea, though. In 2011, we played them in the Cyprus Cup winning 2-0, two goals from Sue Smith. Uh, And then the year before, 2010, we drew 0-0. Italy, on the other hand, this will be our 31st meeting, although the first since 2017. Uh, Our record against them isn't that good, though. In the 30 preceding games, Italy have won 14. There have been six draws and England have won 10. Uh, And Belgium, like I said, the last meeting last year, that 3-0 win, but overall, the teams have met on 13 occasions. England winning nine, three have been drawn, and just the one lost. That was back in 1980. And as I normally do, I will be chatting with Rich Laverty very soon to get his take on the Lionesses, the tournament, and also the squad, which Serena Weigman announced on Tuesday the 7th. Uh, let's take a look at that now. This is how it was announced immediately. Um, I'll add in any more amendments that may come, what with the Women's Super League having, having another round of games this uh, weekend just gone. Uh, before I do actually run through the, the squad, one thing I wasn't aware of, There is no restriction on the amount of players Serena is allowed to select for this competition. This time, she's gone for 26. Last time out, she only picked 24. Uh, But here it is. Goalkeepers, four of them. Uh, Mary Earps from Manchester United. Sandy McKeever, Manchester City. 
Emily Ramsey from Everton uh, and Ellie Roebuck of Manchester City. Defenders, Millie Bright of Chelsea, Lucy Bronze of Barcelona, Jess Carter and Neve Charles of Chelsea. Rachel Daly is selected as a defender. Of course, she's from Aston Villa, but she's been banging in the goals for Villa. So perhaps uh, Serena may shuffle her around if need be. Uh, from Manchester City, Alex Greenwood, Maya Letizia, uh is back in. Uh, she's from Manchester United and two from Arsenal. Leah Williamson, captain, of course, and Lottie Wubamoy. In midfield, Laura Coombs from Manchester City. Uh, Frank Kirby from Chelsea, Georgia Stanway from Bayern Munich, Ella Toon and Katie Zellum from Manchester United and Kira Walsh from Barcelona. And up front, Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly from Manchester City, Lauren James from Chelsea, Jessica Park from Everton, Alessia Russo from Manchester United, Katie Robinson from Brighton and Ebony Salmon from Houston Dash. Uh, it's a squad with 679 caps across it, 102 goals, and it has an average age of 25. Now, it's just going back to those uh, goalkeepers. Emily Ramsey, she is the only uncapped player in the squad. She's currently at Everton, but on loan from Manchester United. be interesting to see uh, how Serena uses her, whether she's just going to evaluate her or whether she's going to get some time on the pitch Uh, Lucy Bronze I'm sure will at some point win her 101st cap she missed those games in Spain in November Uh, and Laura Coombs with only two previous caps to her name she has made it back to the squad she made those appearances back in 2015 on a tour of China Uh, It's a squad made up of six from Manchester City, five from Manchester United and Chelsea, two from Everton, Arsenal and Barcelona, and one from Aston Villa, Bayern Munich, Brighton and Houston Dash. Of course, with the squad comes all the names. And of course, there are some that don't make it. A few absentees, uh, regulars usually for the Lionesses, Nikita Paris, Um, Jordan Nobbs, um, she transferred to Aston Villa recently. She hasn't made it in. Hannah Hampton, goalkeeper. um, I'm not quite sure if we're going to be seeing her anytime soon, uh, what with personal issues. Lucy Staniforth, Esme Morgan and Beth England aren't included. And I said on a recent episode, the one where I looked at the January transfer window, that Beth England, she doesn't seem to be... 100% 100% in Weigman's vision, in my opinion. Uh, this despite a record-breaking move from Chelsea to Tottenham in January. And, of course, no Beth Mead, who is still recovering from her ACL injury that she picked up in November of last year. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast, Rich Laverty. Hey, Rich. Hi, mate. How are, you? How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. Big year, this one, isn't it? 2023 all starts off with the Arnold Clark Cup and leading towards the World Cup. 
yeah, just off the back of one big year straight into another one. So um, yeah, they 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 come pretty quickly at the moment with the the scheduled the way it is. Um, yeah, I think I always think February sort of is the sort of marker point of like that's the running. You know, when we talk about like league football, you sort of get to March and you're like, okay, it's the running now to the end of the season. Yeah. And I always think February is sort of the real start of the running towards the World Cup because it's when all these tournaments come along obviously Arnold Clark you've got She Believes you know Tenoy de France um, and there's, there's various others there's obviously the World Cup playoffs as well which which will decide the last few spots so um, yeah I think it's it's interesting it's obviously a very different lineup um, to last year but yeah I think they all sort of in their own way offer quite interesting tests for England so yeah I think it'd be a interesting few games and and I think really for England it's just seen more the evolution of the team rather than a revolution at the moment because it's a very similar squad and and obviously you know you're not going to change something that has been so successful so yeah I think for England there's I think it's just about keeping going and keeping that momentum going into the World Cup because right now obviously it's, it's you know it's as good as it's kind of ever been really yeah the the squad I I've I've obviously been through, looked at, um, but I also looked at last year's Arnold Clark squad for the Lionesses, and I've got a feeling that only three players who were in the Arnold Clark Cup squad didn't make it to the Euro squad, be it for for injury in like Jordan Nobbs case or, or guess lack of form or just choice. Um, for I think it was. Neve Charles and Katie Zellum, who who didn't make it, but in the the Arnold Clark one, this one he he got to say is is going to be fairly similar situation for the World Cup squad. It's just going to be a few, I guess, that Serena wants to try out. Yeah, and I think that's why she's picked twenty six players. Obviously, you're only going to get to take twenty three to the World Cup. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think bar you know any miraculous upturn in form from anybody or. You know whether someone like Beth Mead comes back from injury, which which probably seems unlikely at the moment. Then it's not going to be a a huge shock if if your twenty three for the World Cup comes from the twenty six that are there at the minute. Um, there are one or two out with sort of short term knocks um, that might come back into the fold. But yeah, I think you know that people talk about form and, and things like that, and I have this argument every international camp. You know that a national team manager is no different to a club manager. They want consistency. They, they want to work with a, a set squad and and not have to chop and change, you know, between February and April and then April and, and July. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, if the squad looks significantly different in July, then something's happened somewhere down the line and people have got injured or, you know, like you said, there's, there's your likes of Jordan Nobbs, you know, that's just moved to get playing time and, and Lucy Staniforth and, and Beth England. And, and it'd be interesting to see if they carry on playing well, whether they get a look in at the end of the year. But the, the thing with national team football is, you know, as soon as you're, you're out, there is somebody else ready to take your spot. And it's usually someone that's younger and, you know, that, that might be there longer for the future. And it's hard to, to work your way back in unless you really hit some kind of top, you know, consistent form, which we've seen with Laura Coombs, for example, getting back in the squad at, at 32. So it's, um, yeah, I, I for me, I, you know, if the squad was, was 23 of those 26 come July, um, I wouldn't be, you know, in the remotest bit surprised. 
Yeah. Well, Laura Coombs is a, is a really interesting one because, as I say, she's, what, 32, and it was 2015 when she last played. She played two games in a tour of China, and I looked into it a little bit more, and she only came on as a substitute in both of those for literally the last minute of both games. Um, incidentally, both times replacing Izzy Christensen. But to get this opportunity again, and hopefully um, she can last a bit longer this time, she's got three opportunities, it's, a, um, it's obviously a sign of the hard work that she's put in and, and been noticed. Yeah, and she's deserved it. You know, I, I think when she initially went to Manchester City, people sort of said, ah, you know, she'd probably be a squad player and, you know, maybe not play every single week. And, and she probably was that for a while, but sometimes you just you get an opportunity. You know, obviously it, in the, the summer, Man City lost Kira Walsh, they lost Caroline Weir and they lost Georgia Stanway. And, you know, they didn't quite replace all of them. So, you know, Laura's been given that opportunity and, and right from the first day of the season, you know, she scored twice at Aston Villa. They lost the game, obviously, but, you know, she was probably their best player and she stayed in the team. She's played very, very well. She just signed a new contract, you know, through to 2025. So, and yeah, I think sometimes you take your opportunities and sometimes things just fall for you. You know, maybe if she was in a different position, she wouldn't be in the squad, but, you know, looking at the England squad midfield is and, and always has been and, and probably is going to be for a while where England have the least amount of depth at the moment. So I think there was always room for another midfielder. And and I wrote in my piece, you know, that before the squad came out, looking at who might get in, that, that maybe she was one that would have a chance based on her performances and based on the fact that they probably would look to bring another midfielder in. So... Yeah, she's earned it. And I, I think, you know, she brings a lot to it because she can play the defensive role. She can play further forward and score goals. So I think she deserves her opportunity. And, and yeah, like you say, hopefully we see her on the pitch for um, for a little bit longer than, than she got last time. Another one that has obviously caught Serena Vogman's eye is goalkeeper Emily Ramsey, um, the, the, the only uncapped player to feature in the squad. What, what do we know about Emily? She's a very good young goalkeeper. Um, you know, she's she's come through the system at, at Man United. Um, she's obviously gone out on loan a couple of times over the past few years, and and this has probably been the biggest one for her in terms of she's playing in a team that obviously is in the top six of of the WSL, and and she's playing well. You know, taking a little bit of time to get that number one spot. You know, she's shared duties with with Courtney Brosnan and quite a bit at Everton, but. You know, when she has played, she's she played well and, you know, she's very imposing. Um, she's a very, very tall goalkeeper, which, you know, is always a, a, a help in, in the women's game. You know, some of the goalkeepers aren't, aren't obviously as tall as you see in the men's game. So she's quite an imposing figure. You know, she's a very good shot stopper. So, and, you know, she's young, you know, she's got potential to improve as well. And, and I think, I don't think it's any coincidence that there's four goalkeepers in there. I think, Obviously, Mary Earps is is pretty safe. Um, I think Ellie Roebuck is is pretty safe, and and I think it's probably a shootout at the moment um, between between Sandy McKeever and 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 Emily. So, yeah, I think they're both in there for that reason. Um, and I think Emily's got a, a great chance. You know, she came into one of the the last senior camps when someone pulled out. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I think she's another one that has just come off the development line and. And he's very close now to, to being a senior England player. 
I see. Well, from the uh, from the back to the front, Lauren James scored a, a fantastic goal against Tottenham uh, recently. Emma Hayes said afterwards, um, it's like she was giving praise on on one hand, but then on the other, saying that she's still got a uh, a lot to learn. But if she gets the the opportunities in this tournament, this could be the one that sort of sets her going for the Lionesses, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got no doubt Lauren will be in the Euro squad um, if she doesn't get injured. I think I've said it for a long time. She's a once in a generation talent. I do think she stands above anything else we have in terms of just a natural gifted talent with the ball and, and the goal against Tottenham at the weekend probably just showed that, you know, she made something that was incredibly difficult, look remarkably easy. Yeah. Um, and she just has a way of, of doing that. And, and I think it's probably terrifying for other teams that obviously England have lost through different products. Obviously Ellen White's retired and, and Beth Mead's obviously injured, but, you know, they now have Lauren James coming into the squad. Jess Park has come into the squad, who, you know, is another really technically gifted player. Ebony Salmon's now in there as well. And and that's before, like I said, before you look at players not even in the squad like Beth England. So, you know, the, the amount of attacking depth England have got to change things up and, and very different types of players as well. You know, they're all very different players with very different skill sets. I think that's going to be huge for England in terms of their World Cup hopes. You know, we saw that at the Euros, the ability to change the attack and bring players on that had different, you know, skill sets. And those players now, like Chloe Kelly and Alessia Russo, that might go into the starting eleven. And, you know, the question then is, oh, where's the backup if the backup becomes the the first team? And, you know, if your backup is Lauren James and, and Ebony Salmon and, and Jess Park and whatnot, then, yeah, you're in a pretty good position. So I think Lauren is... Lauren's going to be an England player now for at least another decade. And I think she's going to, uh, I think Lauren James will be one of the best players in the world. I really do. And I just, I've not seen someone that can do what she does and, and do it as easily as she does. Well, the, uh, the defences of Italy, Belgium and South Korea will be uh, coming up against her. We know that Belgium and Italy, they were, they were in the same group in the Euros last year. Um, I think, Belgium beat Italy, I've got a feeling. Um, but what what do we know about, obviously, well, South Korea as well? They're a little, little bit unfamiliar to us. What about the the players from there and the styles that they're going to play? I think they offer really interesting tests. I mean, I don't know how much of a say the FA and, and Serena have in selecting it because it's run by an outside agency. But I do believe the FA have, you know, some semblance of a you know discussion in in which teams come over and and obviously on paper it doesn't look as glamorous as last year's where you had England, mm. Spain, Germany, Canada. But I think by design they offer quite interesting. Look, at the end of the day, this is a build up for the World Cup. So you know South Korea quite similar style of play to China. Um, I think they're a little bit further on actually than China at the moment. But obviously China will be one of England's opponents um, at the World Cup and. Belgium and Italy maybe are quite different to what they'll face, but I think their two sides, you know, Belgium in particular, were very good defensively at the European Championships. And, and a couple of head coaches I spoke to immediately after the tournament said they were probably tactically one of the best teams. You know, they maybe didn't have the firepower up front to to go further than they did, but they were very, very solid, very well structured. And, and I think 
that'll be really good for England because England are going to get treated differently now. You know, they're the champions of Europe and teams are going to bank up, teams are going to part the bus. And we saw that with Czech Republic, you know, before Christmas and they got a nil-nil draw, you know, when, yeah. when you predicted that. So I think to come up against teams that maybe will bank up and, and will try and frustrate England is going to be a really good test because I think in a major tournament now, teams will approach England very differently to to how they've done um, in the past, especially looking at that attacking depth, like you said, uh, like we said before. So, yeah, there's some good players. I mean, South Korea are a very good technical technical team. Obviously, Ji So Young's over there um, was at Chelsea for many many years, but they they've really improved a lot. They've got Colin Bell, who's a, an English manager, and, and they've had some good results. You know that they've really frustrated some of the top teams in the world and and got a few sort of nil nils and one ones. Um, Italy, I'm really interested to watch because they had a disastrous Euros basically. Yeah. You know, they got absolutely hammered by France, went out in the groups, and, and they were probably dark horses for a few people because they've got a lot of good players. So, yeah, I'd be quite interested to see how they've tried to turn it around um, going into the World Cup. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's not as obviously glamorous on paper as last year's, but I think there's four quite interesting storylines that will all intertwine in terms of preparations for the World Cup. The, the South Korea game is the one that I'm going to. It's at Milton Keynes. The other games being played in Coventry and Bristol. They're all, I think Bristol at the time of speaking has sold out. And I know uh, the others have had all good ticket sales for them. So, I mean, the, the momentum from last year is is still high that people are are still wanting to see the, the Lionesses even in the, uh, in the depths of winter. Yeah, I mean, I think you could put England anywhere now and, and it would either be a sellout or, or close to a sellout. Um, you know, last year, the Arnold Clark Cup games, England's were, were pretty full. The other ones, it was a bit of a struggle, um, you know, in terms of times of day and things like that, which is a, just an issue when, you, when you've when you got back-to-back yeah. games. You know, it's hard, obviously, people to get time off work in the afternoon if, if there's a game earlier and, you know, people obviously... You know, there's not as many travelling fans coming over, you know, from, from those nations. And But, um, yeah, I think where England are concerned, you know, it's going to be packed out now. And, and obviously you've got the, the finalissima in, in April against Brazil at Wembley. I've got no doubt that'll be... I mean, I think that sold out ages ago anyway, and it, it's two months away still. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's obviously a byproduct of, you know, we've had a, a lot of new fans come on board and, Everybody knows these players now, you know, all of those names that were at the European Championships, every single person knows who they are and, and what they achieved and, and want to go and watch them. So, yeah, it's, it's it's had a massive effect on attendances and I think where England are concerned, it, it will have that effect now for a long, long time, whatever happens. Yeah, no, all household names. And you yourself, you uh, you had a chat with one of them recently for a, a new project you've got on the go. You spoke with Mary Earps. Yeah, I always enjoy speaking to Mary. She's um, she's fun, but she she tells it as it is as well. She's pretty honest, and um, yeah, I've gone over to the world of Substack now uh, for a new <laughs> challenge, and yeah, it's been interesting. And I'll be at all the games, um, sort of working out how to offer slightly different coverage because obviously there's not a lot of point in me doing what everyone else is doing and asking people to pay for it because they're not gonna, you know, if it's the same as what you can get elsewhere. So it's kind of an ongoing challenge for me to sort of shape and work out what coverage of games is, is going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really interesting so far. I mean, it's less than a week in, but um, 
it's been fun and and yeah, something that I've wanted to do for a while. So yeah, I'm gonna see how it builds and yeah, I mean it's like supply and demand. Obviously, the more people support it, the more successful it will be. But you know, I've got to make sure that the content is good enough that people want to support it in the first place. Yeah. Now I wish you all all the best with that. From what I've read so far, really, really informative. Um, just just finish it off. Obviously, under Serena Weigman, the Lionesses are unbeaten. Is it going to stay that way? Can we win this? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think you'd be disappointed if England lost any of the three games, and, and that's not being arrogant or disrespectful. They're three good teams, but you know, England are one of the best in the world. They've got a pretty full-strength squad. They've got a lot of depth. Serena historically doesn't make huge changes, so I think we'll see little changes between each game. Um, so it should always be a pretty strong lineup. But look, it's football. You never know. Like I said, these teams, they'll all come and, and frustrate England and, and probably try and defend and, and hit them on the counter-attack. And you know, if a team does that successfully, you never know. But um, I think they'd be disappointed if they're not still unbeaten after this tournament to be honest and and yeah they should win it I think last year it was very up in the air I think any of the four teams could have won it and it was very very close it went down literally to the final minutes but um, yeah I think well, England should win this but I think they will be genuinely tough tests all three of them exciting times Rich thank you very much as always and yeah we'll, we'll speak again maybe ahead of that finalissima against uh, Brazil isn't it in April yeah no problem mate. it should be a good game Lovely. Cheers, mate. As always, many thanks to Rich there for his time. You can find him, of course, over on Twitter at Rich J Laverty. And his Substack site that he mentioned can be found at richlaverty.substack. Now, as predicted, there is a change to the squad. Uh, Following the weekend's rounds of WSL games, uh, although actually uh, this one occurred during Chelsea's midweek Continental Cup semi-final, uh, Frank Kirby picked up a knee injury there and withdrew late on Saturday. And she was replaced by Jordan Nobbs of Aston Villa who incidentally scored a hat-trick against Brighton at the weekend in a game that Rachel Daly also scored in. Uh, And that is all I am aware of at the moment, as of time of recording, uh, as the team begin to meet up at St George's Park. As per normal, I'll be looking to get a review of the games out once the competition is over. Hopefully... It will be another successful one. As always, I hope you can join me for it. Uh, But before that, I've got another episode to put out, which I hope you'll find of interest. So stay subscribed and you won't miss it. Until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.